Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us again. I say us because it's Koinonia Hour and I have Jasmine on with us. And I, I'm telling you, this has been a long time coming. So welcome back, Jasmine. Thank you, Joni. It has been too long. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's been a lot going on. You know, you had a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's not a baby anymore. She is 10 months now. And yeah, yeah she's already trying to walk, by the way. <laughs> Wow. Yes, but yeah, I have a handful. And when they start walking, it's on. Yes, I know. <laughs> Trust me, I know. <laughs> you know what? Um, as usual, you guys, you know, Jasmine, she's like me, and there's many like you that are like us. We're really independent in our walk with Christ, but we're not islands. Um, we find time to connect once in a while, but we're on the ball with the Lord and you know, we're, we have our own devotion time. We're seeking the face of Jesus Christ. We are on the same page. And it was, um, I don't want to say it ironic. I'm going to say the Holy Spirit is a unifier. And the people that truly belong to him, he's going to speak the same thing to everybody because he likes everybody to be, to have all things common mm -hmm. when it comes to the faith. And especially when he's moving in the body. Yes, so I'm going to let you go first, Jasmine, and tell me and everybody what's been going on with you, what you've been sensing in the Lord, and so forth. Well, first, do you want to pray? Oh, that's right. Because you know your subscribers will mention, hey, you didn't pray first. <laughs> I would have caught that, though. I would have caught it, but I got excited. So let's pray okay. and return to that question, then you can hop in. Okay. Because you know once we start talking... <laughs> The good thing you interrupted because I would have 30 minutes later, like we should pray. <laughs> All right, let's let's pray. <clears throat> Dear Lord Jesus, we come to you right now and we thank you so much for the awesome privilege to be called the children of God, but to be the vessels of Jesus Christ, that we could be filled with the excellency of the knowledge of God, that the power may be of you and not of us. Lord, you are the reason why we're here. and You are the reason everybody else is here. And you know, Jasmine and I, you know, we don't come with things canned and written. We're coming, Lord God, move our hearts. With your heart, move our hearts and move the hearts of those that will be listening and open up ears and let them hear what the Spirit is saying, your Spirit. That we ask you, Jesus, now to bless every word that we speak. Lord, to hold back the powers of the enemy that would try to interfere with the technology of this and the airwaves. And furthermore, with everybody else for all time, that this video will be going out. That, Lord, that whoever sets their ear to hear this that you will control their environment in order for them to hear what you're saying to them. For these things, we give you praise and thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, yeah, it's been too long, Joni, but uh, I believe it was last week, right, when we connected and we both said, hey, we need to do a video together. And so we just kind of been praying, seeking the Lord on what he wants us to say, whether it's just for, you know, uh, today or whether it's for the coming new year. 
And I feel like this is for the coming new year also, Joni, what I've been shown and what you've been shown. And I believe it's just going to encourage uh, whoever happens to click on this video. So one thing that we did uh, talk about, like I prayed the night that we connected and I asked God, is there something specific you want us to talk about? Is there something you want people to know in this season? And I kept hearing um, this scripture in 2 Timothy 4, but this verse in particular where he says that they will not endure sound doctrine. And so I brought it to you, Joni, and you shared what God has been showing you. And it really connects. It really um they both have to do with the other. And so let me read 2 Timothy 4. Let me read the whole thing. So if in case someone doesn't know what I'm talking about, it's uh, starting with verse 1. And it says, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Now, I underlined right here where it says turn their ears away because God linked another scripture for me and it just makes complete sense because they will turn their ears away from the truth. And we know Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so they will purposely turn their ears away from the Lord's words, what's in the scriptures, and be turned aside to their own doctrines. And we are seeing this today. You know, I've been questioning the, questioning the Lord um, on a few things, specifically people that I've looked up to um, in the faith who have been sound in doctrine up till now, and now they are starting to be turned aside to fables. They're starting to get into politics. They're starting to um, intermingle with things of this world and it's really disheartening. But the Lord has given me comfort with this scripture here to make it all make sense to me. And I know, Joni, you have seen, you know, prominent people in the faith, you know, Christians who you've looked up to in the past starting to, you know, fall away into certain deceptions. And it's this scripture just explains why that happens. Yeah, that's interesting how you said how they turn their ears away. And when you said about they will not endure sound doctrine, notice it says sound doctrine. It doesn't just say it, it in the latter days, they won't put up with doctrine. See, because there's all kinds of doctrine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the word, and I have my little list that I make, there's soundness of speech, soundness of wisdom, soundness of heart, soundness of mind, soundness of body. That soundness is also used for the word of sound. And when you lose the sounding of it, then you're all over the place. You're a cork, you're unstable. And like I was saying to you, um, and I know a lot of people that are listening, I've already heard me say this, but it bears repeating, is the Lord showed me that really clearly that over the last, and I'm going to just articulate, just say just the last 20 years, of course, we can look at it and say, well, they could have been 40 or 50, but I've been around. So I can say uh, we were around when the computer came out, right? And everybody got a personal computer and there's good in it. So don't get me wrong, everybody. This is not me completely. I'm not going to turn into some, you know, you got to throw your computer away. Right. But little by little, they began to replace spending personal, intimate time with Jesus Christ, where you do the old-fashioned way. Where I came up like that, you did too. 
-hmm. you know, you're younger, but you were still, you've been around. Yeah. Um, where you get alone with Christ, you shut the world out. There was no cell phones back then. Mm -hmm. And you got along with him and you were gulping the word down. You were hungry. You waited on the Lord. You lingered, wait, waited on the word. You lingered over it. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, they started to realize, well, I don't have time to read it, but I'll catch this sermon online. Yep. Um, I'll listen to this. I'll listen to that. Until little by little, they no longer picked up their Bibles hardly at all anymore. Mm-hmm. And what overtook was an intellectual ascent of Christ. Yes. So it doubled as the thinking they knew Christ because Satan appealed to them to give them the fruit of the tree mm-hmm. of the knowledge of good and evil. You know, your what you heard from the Lord was that he wants us to know him. And that's why I said that what he spoke to me and what he spoke to you, they connect because the difference between us who know him and them who don't know him is we spend time reading his word, getting to know him. And I want to talk about that a little bit too, Joni, of how you can know God, what you have to do to know him because it's in the word. He tells us how, you know, how you will know that you know me because you love, because you love that's number one. And so let me get back to 2 Timothy really quick because I found this interesting how it said they will turn their ears away from the truth and then be turned aside to fables. So I was reminded of Revelation 3 and 20 where where Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears, if anyone hears my voice, and opens the door. I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. That's how you know him. That's how you get to know him. He's knocking at the door to everyone. He's calling everyone. If you hear his voice, remember those other people, they turn their ears away. They hear him, but they turn their ears away is what he showed me. But if anyone hears my voice and opens that door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Now look at what he showed me that there's coming a time where it's going to be too late and the tables will turn. You see, Jesus said, I'm knocking, I'm knocking, but look at Luke 13, 25. He said, when once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and knock, you see, God's not knocking anymore. Now they are standing at the door knocking. And he says that, um, they will say, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know you where you are from. You see how the tables turn? Here he is. He's knocking. He's wanting you to let him in. The -hmm. tables are going to turn and it's going to be too late. And then they're going to be the ones knocking for him. But he's going to say, I do not know you. And you know, that specific uh, part in Luke right there, I believe he was speaking to Jerusalem. I I believe he was speaking to Israel specifically, but anything, you know, anyone can apply here. Because anyone who does not open that door is going to be in this situation where they're going to be the ones knocking, wanting to go in, and it's going to be too late. And that's a scary thought, Joni. And so God right now is knocking. He's knocking to anyone who is alive right now, wanting to come in, wanting to dine with you, wanting to sup with you and show you who he is. But if you don't open that door, you're going to miss out. You're going to lose that chance. You know? Yeah. You know, and, and listen. 
That's interesting because I read that this morning, actually. Really? And yes. And the part that stuck out with me was definitely that about, you know, what you said. But it says what they say to him. The confession of their mouth. Mm-hmm. When you say, Lord. Lord, Lord, opened us and he says, um, it says, they shall say, they shall begin to say, we have eaten and drunk in thy presence and you taught in our streets. It's like you've been in his presence the whole time. Yes. And you took it for granted that you could just eat and drink because that has to do with what it says. We have eaten and drank in your presence. He's not talking about communion. Exactly. He hasn't established the last supper yet. That's him saying you were sitting there feeding your flesh, eating, drinking, gluttonizing in his presence. And you Mm -hmm. took it for granted. Mm -hmm. And this is now the time you don't want to take what you may think you're born again. You, and this may be where people are, well, that's kind of sharp, Joan. I wouldn't say it if I didn't have that love of God in me. Mm-hmm. You don't want to find yourself outside of that door, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to say, well, wait a minute, hold on a minute. I, we did eat and drink in your presence. Yeah. You taught us. See, that shows that he was keeping his role. Mm-hmm. He kept his presence there. He didn't go anywhere. Exactly. We were teaching them. Yeah. But they were eating and drinking. It's like, remember what he said? I was just, you're probably going to say what I'm thinking. <laughs> Where he said, depart from me, you who work iniquity. And they said, but Lord, we prophesied in your name. But but we did all these marvelous works and, and things on your behalf. You know, why aren't you receiving me? And people look to the things that they are doing instead of looking to what God has done and abiding in his word. People think they can just add on top of their life. I think you mentioned something like that in a recent video where they want to keep their lives as it is, but they just want to add Jesus on top of it and think that it can stay that way. And it cannot, you know, and that's the difference. That's right. You know, and I saw a scripture where Jesus says, God says, you know, um, in the old Testament in Isaiah, he said, you, you made me to serve with your sins. And another place he said, your strength is to sit still. You know, I'll tell you, you know, what it says, we ate and drank in your presence. What does it say? Um, what Jesus says in Matthew and Luke and Mark, you know, and it says, you know, as it was in the days of Lot, as it was in the days of Moses, what did it say? What they were doing? Eating, drink. Eating and drinking. Yep. Mm-hmm. That means they were careless. Mm-hmm. And about the things of this life. That's the that's the scary part. And and you know what I really thought about yesterday? I thought, you know, there's a new breed. This there's been two generations that have come in. And it's a new breed of Christian. And this new breed of Christian is is I I would say in large part, not everybody, this is not a blanket statement. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is not me saying I'm looking down at everybody, but I can honestly say this by observation that there's a new breed of Christian that emerged Mm -hmm. one that must be spoon fed one that will not be bold for the faith and go out and find Christ themselves. 
They want everybody to t- teach them and feed them and do everything for them. But they won't even so much as lift up a finger or, or give Christ time to move. And if they do, if Christ doesn't move, if they don't get a sense, a feel of the Holy Spirit, yes. they'll go, I don't, well, I can't wait. I got to get going. I'll just listen to this. And there's this tabloid-like breaking news from heaven. Yes. People are seeking that out, Joni. I've seen that for myself. People are seeking out a new move of the Lord. They're seeking out other people's relationship. You know, I'm thinking of the uh, parable of the 10 virgins now because those, those foolish virgins, they wanted the wise to give them their oil instead of going get it themselves. And we're seeing that now. People don't want to get you know, before the Lord for themselves. They don't want that intimate relationship with the Lord for themselves. They want someone, like you said, to spoon feed them. And they don't realize that it's right there. You know, there's a scripture that says he's not a God that's far off. He's a God near at hand. If you really want him, you can have him. You don't need me. You don't need Joni. Now we are here to encourage each other. That's why we are all working together as a body. Joni, you can feed me something that you you learned in the word and I can show you something. And we, we right. feast on his word together. We're not supposed to just spoon feed each other. This is a give and take type of thing in the body of Christ. We all have different ministries. We all have different uh, gifts in the spirit. And we work together for a common goal to make disciples of all men, to encourage each other, to finish the race strong. You see, we're not supposed to just carry another brother or sister the whole way there. You see, just like those wise virgins said, no, you can't have our oil. You have to go get your own. But notice the attitude of those five uh, foolish virgins. They They were kind of like, give us of your oil. They weren't like, we made a mistake. Let's make an appeal to them perhaps they can spare a little they're like give Mm -hmm. us of your oil entitled Mm -hmm. there's an entitlement give it to us and they're like no but go to them that sell it and buy for yourselves yes and you know what it was too late like you were saying all the time christ was in their presence yes he was teaching them but they didn't find christ worthy enough you know i'll tell you you know I remember somebody said this to me and I loved her. I love her now. She's in the kingdom. Her name is Carol Neal. And uh, she was powerful, a powerful prayer warrior. And she was old when I met her. And one day she, I mean, she knew the word, but she, that's why she was powerful. She lived in her Bible. She lived in it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't gulping down a Big Mac. You know, it was like she, she lived in her Bible. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the word was fluent. She was saturated yeah. with the word. So the Holy Spirit had something to work with. And one day we were just talking and she became very quiet and she just looked at me and I could see all of a sudden the spirit was moving in her because I could just see it. Like she just became really quiet and she looked at me like this and she went like this with her little finger and she said, I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit does not just trust anybody with his word. And you know what? That was probably 20 years ago. And that stuck with me my whole, to to this day. Mm -hmm. Because you know what? You know what word came to my mind this morning? 
And I was just simply thinking, I was in the word, and I was thinking about like how everybody and his brother is preaching the word, mm-hmm. how there's a church on every corner. You know why? Because there's no value for the word. And so they just grab it and think, I don't care. I'm just going to do it. So let, I, I want to refine that a little bit more. The first thing I heard in my mind was give this is not a suggestion or a recommendation. Jesus says, give not that which is holy unto the dogs. And in another place, he says, be careful that you do not cast your pearls before the swine, lest they trample upon them and turn and rend you to pieces. Wow, Joni. The word is holy. Christ is holy. We are to be holy unto our God. This word is holy. And so if we can just take it upon ourselves, then haven't we become somebody like a Micah in the book of Judges where he was given a few shekels, 10 shekels and a shirt to become someone's priest? Don't we become a Gehazi? where we go and we go on our own charges and say what our master says or see, I I read this scripture today in Jeremiah. I'm not even going to look for it. And he talked about how his people. Now we know that scripture where it says in Isaiah 53, all we like sheep have gone astray, each one to his own way. Well, I saw one that was even worse. It said for my people have departed from me. And they they departed from me, and they were as swift as horses. Wow. This word is Jesus Christ. Yes. And when we take it for granted, you only get one turn, you only get one time here. And I'll tell you, it says, How shall we escape if we neglect? Yes, so very scary, Joni. That is, I mean, I have real tangible fear thinking about that. Um, it's the fear of the Lord, you know, not not a fear of that I'm going to be punished or judged. Just like for other people who don't see it, I'm I'm I have the fear of the Lord for them in my heart when I see that they're going that way, you know. And it's like you want to shake them, <laughs> but I know that I can't shake them. But that's really what I want to do. You know, I've been praying a lot. I've been going to prayer for other people and my family. You know, other people that profess to be Christians a lot lately because I see them going that way. It's scary. It's scary. But uh, have you ever felt like, you know, our assurance in what the Lord has shown us that it's like misinterpreted as arrogance? I'm starting to feel like, like people think you're judging them because you're, you know, you're gently showing the scripture. And this is Christians, by the way. And they look at you as, as arrogant, you know, I've been I've been experiencing oh, that. No, I've been called prideful, arrogant, and everything. Yeah. You know, it look, that's their problem. Yeah. Because the darkness hates the light. They see something that's convicting them. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to read something out of Galatians, which I think will answer to that very well. And it's the uh, Galatians chapter six. And let me get over there. Because that'll speak to it, right? Galatians 6. Let's see. 
It says um, in verse chapter 6, verse 12 and 13. As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. Verse 14. <laughs> but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Joni, wow. It's funny because <laughs> people leave all kinds of, you know, insane comments on these platforms, on social media and things. I remember um, I had a cross as a background. There was, a, you know, an image of the cross in the, a background of one of my videos. And someone literally said, that's evil that you have that cross back there. You know, that's that's the, the enemy glories in you having that cross there. And I thought to myself, what? <laughs> like, there's these crazy doctrines out there. People nitpick every little thing, and they're not even focusing on the word, the purpose of these videos that we do, the purpose of us showing our face, pouring ourselves out, you know, to encourage the brethren. And they look behind you, and they, you know, they nitpick little things, and they miss the mark. They miss the point. They miss the encouragement, the word from the Lord. You know, and it's it's unfortunate. It really is. But um, yes, that's an encouraging word right there. You know, so, um, you know, we we are we are. Let, let's talk about next coming next year because yes, um, we believe not just believe it. We we're convinced. You're convinced of yourself, and I'm convinced in my own self that we are hearing very clearly from God. Where he's saying, because I was getting it stronger and stronger for three months. Remember, Jasmine, I told you, I said, Jasmine, remember a few days ago, I was like, it was like three months ago. I said, let me back it up a little bit. I said, I started to feel like, remember we talked about then come at the end thing? Yes. What, and then. What, mm -hmm. Yeah, what, let's revive that again. Let's talk about the then come at the end. Because people these days right now they don't realize there is a lot of people and they write to me and they'll use terminology and they'll say things to me that are straight from the new apostolic reformation yes and the new apostolic reformation is heresy of the worst kind um what it did is it crept into all the pulpits all over the world yes but the doctrine is to set up the whole fundamental of that doctrine is to set up an earthly theocracy by their means. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So go ahead, say, go ahead. I think you want well, to say I'm something. just agreeing with you because yeah. we spoke about a, this a little bit. So we know, <laughs> according to what the Bible tells us, that Jesus will come back on earth. But that's going to happen after the Great Tribulation. That's going to happen at his millennial reign. But we have so-called Christians who believe that he's going to come. They're trying to set up an earthly kingdom for Jesus right now. My point is that, let's use example, the America, America as an example. Many mm -hmm. people are outraged at the election results, but they're looking to a man to fix our country. 
Joni, you and I know that this nation and many nations around the world, they're going to fall. They have to fall according to scripture. We are okay with that because our hearts are not um, set on things of this world. We know that our heavenly country is with the Lord Jesus. We know that we will be with him in the end. So our hearts aren't set on this saving this country, but there are many professing Christians. They make it their business, their duty to try to turn people's hearts back to patriotism, to try to turn people's hearts to the things of this world. I've noticed that with prominent um, brothers and sisters in Christ who I've looked up to, they're starting to fall that way as well. To try to get a rise out of people, some type of re revolution that they want to, you know, start up because of the president and things of this world. And it's really, really scary. You know, I, I'll tell you, and I know you already know this, but for the benefit of everybody else, um, remember there was like some months back and we, we were talking, me, you, even Cammy. you know, we have our little talk that we do, our little thing, that our little mm -hmm. fellowship that we keep floating and keep going um, is that I, I know God told me, get away from it, get yes. away from politics. Mm -hmm. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight for it. And I know a lot of people who are scholarly and stuff would go, that's not what it means. We have to get out there and vote. It's like, uh -huh. you know what? I don't obey other people. I obey exactly. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I obey him. And I didn't want anything to do with it. What I, you know what? I, I kept getting this image of myself sitting in the nosebleed section in a giant stadium by myself looking down at all these people that were flooding the steps of the Capitol, screaming to the high heavens, waving their hand over, pulling down strongholds over the White House, screaming at principalities. Um, and that's all that real, because see, NAR has power terminology. So it's, yeah. it's very powerful sounding. And so people that are not aware of that doctrine are, it, it appeals to the flesh because yes. it's exciting. And, and they think but, that's the Holy Spirit. They mistake it for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so we watched rallies. We watched caravans. We watched all of that. And people even saying, well, we'll see, we'll see. And you know what? You know, as well as I do, what happened? Nothing happened. It's going as planned. And some people would say, well, there was voter fraud. It's like, let's, let's back up. Let's back up a little bit. I think we're, we get so stuck as this postmodern church. We get stuck in the here and now. But if you are truly a Bible reader, a casual Bible reader reading through their Bible through the year, and then maybe another year, you're going to go through major centuries, thousands of years, millennia of governments that rose, that were the most potent, yes. that spread their uh, branches out all over uh, all the nations yep. and the nations were gathered underneath them. And what happened? Where are they today? They They're fell. gone. They rose and they fell. Mm -hmm. And this you nation... Know Go ahead, please. No, well, I was going to say a true, like you said, someone who reads their Bible and if they love the Lord and they know the Lord, they would want Babylon to fall. They would want that, you know, because the scripture says that the spirit and the bride say come, not the spirit and the bride say, wait, Lord, 
Let us, you know, have our fill of things of this world. Let us, you know, have our comfort in our own nation. That's not what it says. It says the spirit and the bride say, come. And if you want the, if you want the spirit to come, if you want Jesus to come, then Babylon has to fall. And that's what people don't realize. They want their comfort. You know, America has been the world's superpower for a long time now. But according to scripture, Babylon has to fall again. If you're okay with that, <laughs> and then, you know, I, I know it's fear. It's, it's a fearful thing for a lot of people, you know, to think about our country not being the great nation that it's been their whole lives. It's, I can understand where they're coming from, you know, <laughs> but if you have fear in your heart, that's from the enemy. And that's the types of things that you should pray against, you know, when you get in your alone time with the Lord. If you're afraid of the things that's coming to this nation, the things happening around the world, you you just have to seek the Lord for strength and encouragement. You know, you know? And I, I want to say this on a very calm note. You know, when I was just talking about these people that are waving their arms and caravanning, you know, look, you know, I want to be fair. I get it. You know, they see this nation, like you just said, we've always, you know, they're in our generation, we got to experience a maskless life where we come and went, we did stuff. Yes, we went through things, but there's something happening right now. Mm -hmm. And all the praying and the begging and the fasting and the screaming and the pulling down of strongholds and binding territorial spirits and listening to worthless prophets. I don't mind saying that. Oh, yeah. They're Worthless I called them out too, Joni. Liars. Mm -hmm. um, and I pray for them that yeah. God opens up their eyes. I pray for them in the name of Jesus Christ that God would rip open their eyes mm -hmm. and shine the light of their truth. I want to be clear about that because God didn't remember the, he told those sons, uh, Boanerges, you know, uh, James and John. He said, The Son of Man didn't come to destroy men's lives, but mm -hmm. to save them. But I do say they're liars until they get into the truth because, um, they're they're promoting this doctrine that you have to win over the whole world in order for Christ to come back. But they're not doing what the word says, like you said, the spirit and the bride say, come and let all who hear. Right. Yep. Here again, there you go. Yeah. say, come right and drink of the river water. Of life. Um, Jesus Christ did not die on the cross. So that we can have a more expensive car and a more expensive mm. house. Yep. He says godliness with contentment is great gain. Now, let's look at what's happening here. There is something that definitely happening. I'm not going to get into the whole, well, those are fudge numbers. I don't care. I'm not going to talk about yep. that. <laughs> There's a really big problem here. And people are dying. Mm -hmm. They are dying. Hospitals are filled up. People are terrified. This nation is going down economically. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's affecting the whole world. We have to look at that, Jasmine. It's not like, you know how in the past when things would happen, like, wow, did you see what's going on over in that nation? Wow. Mm -hmm. yeah, the Lord That's said, how this oh, all started, remember? That's actually how this all started. We were looking at, you know, the chaos and stuff in China. And we were looking at that from all the way from over here thinking, wow, that's some crazy stuff. But I, I almost feel like, you know, 
remember the scripture about Babylon, how Babylon, how she says in her heart that, you know, um, I could never be a widow, you know, nothing will ever happen to me. And that's mm-hmm. really the, the hearts of many Americans. We look to all those other nations and we, we think, wow, that's unfortunate, but we don't realize that it's going to happen, you know, you all know, around some, the world. You know, I want to say something, um, you know, Satan, Satan's a salesman. And he sold this nation a big bill of goods, but he demands sacrifice. Mm-hmm. He comes back around to demand sacrifice. Now, am I saying everything that's happened? No. But I'm telling you, um, and not because I, this is just my own opinion, mm-hmm. but truly the word of God is very clear. You know, today in, um, and I was showing you in Jeremiah chapter nine, and it, I was in Jeremiah today. Um, and Jeremiah, you, everybody, you know, go ahead and read it on your own. And I know we understand he's talking about Israel, but yet at the same time, we we see God hit the replay button again, yeah. if I may use a modernized term. Mm-hmm. And he deals with people, he deals with individuals, and he'll deal with nations, he'll deal with the world, especially because we're in the last days. But let me just say this. In Jeremiah chapter 9, he was again rebuking them and indicting them. This is, you didn't obey me, he said in verse 13, because whenever he says, because there's a therefore afterwards. So he reads them their indictment. Mm-hmm. And the Lord saith, because they have forsaken my law, which I set before them and have not obeyed my voice, neither walked therein, but walked after the imagination of their own heart mm-hmm. and after Baalim which their fathers taught them. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I will feed them, even this people with wormwood and give them water of gall to drink. Now I want to say something about his law. People will go, yeah, well, that's the Jews under the law. And it's like, well, excuse me, but it does say in Romans chapter two, verses uh, uh, 15 and 16, for when the Gentiles who have not the law obey the things which are in the law, the law being written in their heart, their conscience is excusing them or else while accusing them. So in other words, God wrote his laws in the hearts of all humanity, starting from Adam and Eve. So men are without excuse, even in the created things. But down here, he says, and I'm just going to go down to verse 21. It says, for death has come up into our windows and has entered into our palaces to cut off children from without and the young men from with, from the streets. And I thought to myself, Jasmine, I know we said this earlier, but I'm going to just repeat it. I said, death has come up into the windows of everybody's houses, it looks like, with this virus thing. And even into the White House, which became a hotbed, a hotbed of infection. And then I looked at that and I thought, I'm not trying to force a puzzle piece that doesn't fit. I'm just saying it. That's all. I'm not saying it is. But Jasmine, look at what it says in 23 and 24. Why don't you read that? Because this is the bottom line. This is the bottom line of what he wants. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24.
23. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. So moral of the story is you have to know him. <laughs> And that's what I wanted to focus on too, Joni. I have a few notes here. I wrote, uh, I'm just gonna read from the notes because it's kind of, um, I don't wanna forget anything that he showed me. When you told me that God said that he wants us to know him, that's, that's the word for 2021, if the Lord wills that we enter into that, that we know him because time is winding down. You know, that parable of the 10, that's been in my heart for years now. The parable of the 10 and, and who's the wise and who's the foolish, that's coming to pass. And we don't want to be left behind, you know. So if you don't want to be left behind, you have to know him. You know, that's the difference. That's what separates us, those who don't know him and those who know him. And so I did write some notes. Um, I'm going to read them really quick, Joni. Okay. God showed me how his word, he, he compared his word to something. Let me just read it. Okay. It's like someone who loses a parent young and is desperate to figure out who that parent was. So they go out asking those who knew them best and, you know, asking them to tell them stories about their relationships, their relationship with them, that person who died, or they read journals that they wrote when they were alive. You know, they, they may have written to get a sense of who they were. The scriptures are that and more. They reveal God's relationship to men and women since the beginning of time until now. The difference between an orphan child and us is that our heavenly father is alive and within us. We are not orphans. Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And as we read his word and reflect on our own lives, we see that God never changes. The same miracles he performed for our brethren recorded in scripture, he's doing for us today and will continue to do it for his people. The same protection he gave to our brethren in the Bible, he's doing it for us today. When you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you, he is the teacher. And so as you're getting to know him in scripture, he gives you the understanding. Some people don't have the spirit and they search the scriptures with a skewed lens, not actually understanding who God is, but making their own interpretations. And so that's what I wrote about that, mm -hmm. that you can read the scripture all you want, but without the Holy Spirit, you still won't know him. You won't understand. Mm -hmm. It's the Holy Spirit who opens up our understanding, understanding to what he's trying to say in scripture. And so I wrote here, um, Titus 1 and 16, they profess to know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. So a lot of people today, as we spoke about Joni, they profess to know God. They know a lot of scripture. They can quote it front and back, but they don't know who God is. You see? You know, I like, well, I'm not going to say how I like it, but the way, I'll put it this way, uh, the way it's written but in works they deny me you know 
that's really scary because there's people that will say, when did we ever deny you? We ate and drank it. Yeah. You were in your presence. You were teaching us, but they were eating and they were drinking. They took it for granted. It says being abominable, disobedient in every work reprobate. And in every work reprobate. I mean, think about what that word means, reprobate. That means you're past the point of any return. Wow. That means you're down the pike. And here you are thinking you're doing something for the Lord. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you something. I fear the Lord every day more and more the older that I get. I have a reverential fear. I mean, come on, let's, let's just be realistic. Think about people who leave their house today. They left their house today and they're in eternity right now. Yeah. They got up this morning. They're like, yeah, better get going. Like, right. Boom. Mm -hmm. They're in a head on collision or something happens. They have a heart attack and they're instantly in eternity. There's no time to repent. There's no time to consider Christ. Yeah. And there's no turning back. Eternity is a long time. Mm -hmm. It never ends. And you don't want to be found on the wrong side of eternity. Because your heart may be pumping and you feel good today. I'm not trying to get weird. I'm not trying to make you like paranoid. I'm trying to get you to look at Christ. Yeah. Because every day death stalks everybody. It just does. Yeah. And uh, nobody knows. I'm not saying wake up in the morning. Oh, dear God, am I going to die? It's like, no. But he that has ears to hear, let him hear. This is, this is. This is passing through like a town Mm -hmm. on our way to where we're going to go for eternity. This is like a town we're driving through. Yeah. Stopped at some lodging, a couple of lodgings along the way. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, we, you know, it says knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. You know, and our persuasion of men and women, when you persuade men and women, and if you're watching this and you're thinking, well, I'm a persuader, you know, are you a persuader of men and women? See, the preaching of the cross is your message. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember Jesus told me, the Lord let me know. Remember I told you at the beginning of this year, he said, or I think it was kind of like, whatever, sometime during this year, he told me, I think it was toward the middle of the year. He told me, he convicted me because I was like, oh, I'm going to share this and share that what's happening in the world. Right now, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. If it's pertinent, you know, yes. mention it for a moment and then move on. Mm-hmm. But I found myself starting to here and there bring more in the world of the world into it, Jasmine. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to mention this article. Oh, I'm going to bring this up. And I thought, you know what? I said, I don't know why, but I feel like I started to feel in myself. Not even because I don't even. I think maybe God was convicting me, the Holy Spirit, at that point. But I was always kind of feeling like. You're, 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 cheap, you're, you're, you're giving cheap service. Wow. You're giving cheap service. You're, you're mixing the holy with the profane. <laughs> because God's word, and so the Lord told me very clearly, you're going to preach my word without mixture. You're going to give it in full strength. Wow. And let me tell you, a ton of people unsubscribed from me. Yeah. 
like I'm not about numbers, mm -hmm. but it was interesting that mm -hmm. when I stopped feeding them worldly things, yes. they were like, well, we just can't be here anymore. She's boring. Yes. Um, but a bunch of people came in. And it's just interesting. Yeah. yeah. I experienced I, the same thing, Joni, especially recently with the whole vaccine and stuff like that. I was trying to show them in the word what it says about what will happen and they don't want to receive the word. Like the first scripture we mentioned in Second Timothy, they will turn their ears away from the truth. And who is the truth? Jesus. These are words that the Holy Spirit spoke, you know, by way of other men and women, prophets of old. These are you know his what? words. <laughs> I want to I want to bring something up because I want I want to um, mention some hypotheticals that are are very possible okay now we know that sinners do what sinners do and worldly people are going to do what worldly people do right they're they they handle this this world they're of the world okay but i was reading in samuel first samuel chapter three when the israelites went out to war with the philistines they were supposed to ask the priests to go to the lord to ask if they were to go to war and they didn't even bother doing that they were like we're just going to war right next thing you know thousands of men instantly were slaughtered then they're like you know what we should do let's go get the ark and let's bring it within our let's bring it within our camps perhaps it will save us hmm. and then they got slaughtered again. Think about this. I was looking at this, and it's important, so I'm going to hop over there. It's in Jeremiah. Um, he says this. In chapter 7, verse 4, he says, Trust you not in lying words, saying, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. And he goes on to mention eight amendments of repentance, right? Because they're putting everything on the temple, the temple, the temple, the temple, right? Mm -hmm. And so modern day, I'm looking at it today. Well, my church, my church, my church, mm -hmm. my church, the ark, the ark, the ark, it'll save us. We got to have this thing, a visible and outward attachment. Mm -hmm. And then down here, it says, in verse 11, is this the house which is called by my name become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. And then it says here in verse 14, therefore will I do unto this house, which is called by my name, wherein you trust, and unto the place which I gave to you and to your fathers. In other words, he's saying, you're putting your trust in the ark. You're putting your trust in the line in line words saying the temple the temple the temple because everything is the temple and then you're putting your trust you've turned god's house into something that you trust which is called by his name but you won't trust him exactly and in a place we got to get to the temple we got to get to church what's going to happen if we can't meet at church what's going to happen if we can't meet at church and i think what has happened because let's, let's face it, this is highly contagious. And now there's this new strain where they're saying it's 70% 70, 70 more contagious and everybody goes to war. This is our right to assemble. And I think to myself, have you gone mad? 
you're going to fight for an amendment right to assemble mm-hmm. because you're like, you know, like everybody wants to assemble. I get it. But the thing is, a day is going to come where it could shut down completely. Mm-hmm. It's because they think they need it. They and think they- possibly that they have eternal life in that in the assembly and going to church and as if they can't do it when they're one-on-one with God. And that's what he really wants, right? Those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And they use that scripture, do not forsake the assembling of, you know, yourselves with one another, but we're assembling right now. Aren't we Joni? Yeah. And I assemble with you. I assemble with many other people. Um, I'm not forsaking anything. And they take that scripture wrong. Yeah, You know, when it said, um, do not forsake the assembling, but that word forsake means there were people that were departing completely from the faith. They were like, I'm having nothing to do with this. And they went back into the world. We're not forsaking anything. The the body of Christ is all comprised all over the world of people from every uh, tribe, nation, language, and tongue. Okay. Um, And one last thing, and I'll, I'll let you uh, take off from there. What you were saying about coming to him, it said, Jesus said to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures because in them you think you have life, and they are they which speak of me, but you will not come unto me that you will have life. Mm-hmm. See, it's the same thing, the temple, the temple. Yeah. Uh, you know, the house, the place, you're putting your trust in, even in this, you know what I'm saying, but you won't. I know what you're you. saying. Yeah, it's almost like a um, superstitious type of thing. Like, you know how people, if I don't carry my lucky shirt, then I'm going to have bad luck. Or if I don't carry my rabbit foot, then I'm going to have bad luck. It's almost like they make it like a superstitious type of thing, mm-hmm. you know? And I God can't be pleased with something like that, you know? And then he's a spirit. God is spirit. And he already said in his word that he doesn't dwell in things made by men's hands. Mm-hmm. His word is spirit. It's life giving. God is spirit. You know, and I think people have a hard time grasping that. Just like the Israelites, they they needed to see. Like they needed a king. They needed to erect this golden thing that they could see with their eyes and and that's the problem they're not worshiping him in spirit and in truth okay here's the hypothetical we'll do a hypotheticals and then we'll wrap it up because it's not far off it's not far-fetched to think what would happen if let's just say the power grid went down or maybe not just that completely that we could not anymore for some reason nobody can get online the internet's down and we don't know when it's going back up. What are you going to do? What are you going to do if let's just say everything became so seriously bad that you could never go back to work. There's hardly any money left in the bank. You're down to your last 20. What are you going to do? Are you going to say the temple, the temple, the temple of the Lord? Mm -hmm. Let's go get the ark. 
Let's go get it. Perhaps it will save us. Are you going to search the scriptures because you think in them you have life, but you won't come to Christ? Because what are you going to do? I mean, I want to hear what your thoughts are. I think people want to hear what your thoughts are like. Well, like we've been saying, we have to know him. As God's been speaking to you, we have to know him. And, you know, we actually um, discussed something. I think it was yesterday or the day before about wanting, desiring something more, but not quite knowing what it is. Like in our spirit, we like, we're like, Lord, we want more, but we're not sure. Like, what is it that I'm lacking? What is it that I want that I hunger for so much? And, you know, God told me what it was, Joni. It's to know him more. Like Moses said that he wanted to see God's glory. He asked God to see his glory. And God said, you know, if you saw my glory, if men see my face, they will die. They will not live. And so he saw the back of God or God passed by him. So this is what I started to research. I looked in Job and I and I took a note of Job 36, 26, where he says, behold, God is great and we do not know him, nor can the number of his years be discovered because we won't fully feel satisfied until we see his glory like Stephen saw his glory. And God said, we will see his glory in the same way. If you don't know who Stephen is, it's the first martyr for Jesus Christ. He was preaching uh, Jesus Christ as Messiah and he got killed for it. So I wrote down Acts 7:55. We will see his glory just like Stephen saw his glory. And then we will have our field, Joni. We won't have that longing for more of him, more of him, because we'll see him as he is. And it says, uh, but he was talking of Stephen being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, look, I see the heavens opened and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. He saw it. And that's what we're wanting. That's where we're wanting, Joni, to know him more, to be closer to him, to see his full glory. First John three says that beloved now we are children of god uh three and two sorry mm -hmm. now we are children of god and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be because we know we will be changed right we're going to be transformed into our immortal bodies but we know that when he is revealed we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is like stephen saw him that's what we're wanting. That's what we're hungry for, Joni. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So if you really want to know him, if you're really thirsty and hungry just for more of him, we're going to get our fill, Joni, when we see him as he is. And that's the key to get closer to him, to desire to know him, to be hungry for his word, to have, you know, desire for understanding of what does this mean? not seeking, you know, other people to explain things for you, going to him for yourself, asking him, Lord, you know, even praying what Jesus said, pray that you're counted worthy to escape these horrible, terrible, God awful things that are about to happen on this earth. Cause we can see it. It's about to happen. You know, you don't have to believe in Jesus to see that this world is going downhill. Everyone can see it. But he said, pray that you're worthy to escape that hour of trial that's going to come mm. upon the whole world. And so in order to escape that hour of trial, you have to know him. And this is how you know him. You go to him for yourself. You pray, Lord, give me understanding of what these words mean. Show me yourself. 
You know, I, I was talking to a woman yesterday. She's so precious. I love her. I won't say her name, um, but she told me a story. She was telling me her testimony and it was really a powerful testimony. And, and I mean, it was just, I mean, there's no time and, you know, she's, she hasn't given me permission to say it, but the end part of it, because I was like, how did you get to know the Lord? Because I know that her husband left her um, at a certain point in her life when her baby was three weeks old and she had a three-year-old and her husband walked out on her and she said that she, and she had been living a life of crime, well, crime, spiritual crime, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And but she always thought she was a Christian, even though she was like doing all this stuff that was sinful. And, um, but she just considered herself like, well, I believe in God. Like I, I'm going to heaven. Like she believed she's going to heaven. But when her husband walked out on her, she said, when he walked out, she stood there and she said, she de- felt like she didn't want to live anymore. She said, even though she had, she stood in the hallway watching him go leaving. And she just stood there and she said, the children were in the house. And she goes, I was so overcome with hopelessness that I didn't even think about them because I was so overwhelmed by hopelessness that I didn't want to live anymore. And I was thinking how I could kill myself. And uh, she said at that point, she was talking about how the Lord interjected different parts in her life. And she said that there was a note on her door. I think something happened where she, I'm probably getting it wrong, but she went back in her house, but then she came back out and she noticed there was like it's a note on her door and it was her neighbor who said, please contact, call me right now. And so instead of trying to kill herself, she first called the woman who was a believer and the woman came down and, and she started talking to her and she said, do you know Jesus? And she said, I felt a, um, kind of rattled and shook up like, you know, like she goes, are you, if you something like, do you believe you're going to heaven? And she said she was offended. Like, well, I believe in God. Like, of course I believe I'm going to heaven. She said, but do you know Jesus? And she said, it was like, it just like made her like, you know, so the woman explained to her, like, would you like to be saved? And she said, yes, I would like to be saved. This was after she explained the cross and this work of salvation. And then she said, uh, do you want me to pray that for you? And she said, no, she goes, I want to be alone because I want him to tell me himself. I want to go to him on my own. And she went into her bedroom and she told me that she just said this simple word. She said, Jesus. Now I'm probably getting it wrong. Like if you're watching it, I'm sorry. (laughs) But to the effect, she said something to him, Jesus. I want to know you. And I want you to save me. And she said, in that moment, and she had her Bible open. She said, in that moment, Christ entered into her. She said, it was powerful. And when she was looking down at that Bible, she said, Joni, I was not hallucinating. She said, but the words were, I saw the words coming off the page and I was watching them go into my being. I I was like, wow. Mm -hmm. But see how she went alone. And how simple how simple it was, you know, people think they have to have these great swelling words and have to be all articulate. And all you simply have to do is Lord help me. I believe that's how it was with me when I first came to know him, when I was searching for him, it was was a kid. I was just like, 
I pray that you say it was like, and I was, I meant it with all my heart, but I was, I was like a little kid. I was like a young teen, you know, mm -hmm. listen to this Jasmine. It says for unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required and to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. But isn't it, isn't that a true identifying mark of the Christian? I don't care if you're just newly born again. Like you said, you don't have to be. Sometimes I think people that are longer in the Lord, they they take for granted. They're like, no, I, I belong to a you know church down the way and I've been saved for 57 years. But there's something that, you know, new believers, because they're pure in heart, they're just coming. Yeah. They're just newborn. They're crying. It's, it's like fresh. Yeah. Like Paul the Apostle, you know, Ananias, God told Ananias, I want you to go to Saul of Tarsus at the home of Judas on Straight Street, for behold, he prayeth. That was him being born again. Mm -hmm. The first cry of a newborn, yeah. they cry, right? They come out, they cry. But that should be our cry. You cried to the one who gave you life. Mm -hmm. And that should be the cry. Prayer has to be part of the Christian life. Mm -hmm. If a prayerless life is a powerless life. Yes. You're cut off. It's like somebody taking away your cell phone. Now, what are you going to do? Yes. Mm -hmm. And if you think about the privilege of prayer, it's a gift. It is. You get, you get to directly talk to him and he's listening to you. For the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the good and the evil. It says, he that planted the ear, shall he not hear? He that formed the eye, shall he not see? You know? Yes. And don't we want more? Like, we're not satisfied with yesterday. David even says, I will not be satisfied until I awake with thy likeness. Yes. There's always the next day. We're not satisfied with yesterday's, what was yesterday. The, the Christian is always looking to, to the word, to Jesus Christ, to see something new in Christ, not hear a new prophetic word, not to get this horizontal, but a direct communication where you know in your Spirit because the Holy Spirit's bearing witness with your spirit. He's illuminating something. And sometimes it's not even in the word, right? You know how sometimes you might be like, whatever it is, and all of a sudden, boom, the Holy Spirit yes. something. You're like, <laughs> yes, I've noticed that since I've had children, God uses my relationship with them to teach me, you know, what kind of God he is to me, what kind of father he is to me. And I I try to like mirror that. You know what I mean, Joni? I try yeah. to like do that in my own life with my own children. I can never be as good a parent as God, but he wants us to look to him, you know, for everything in our life, every other relationship we have in our life. He wants us to look to him on how to handle certain things. And he's, he's good. And just don't miss that opportunity, guys. Whoever's listening to this, don't miss the opportunity to get to know him for yourself. Because I can't give you, you know, what God can give you. Joni can't give you what God himself can give you. We can only plant and water, but he's the one who gives the increase. You see, so you have to go to the one who gives the increase. That's right. Well, in closing, um, although you just said all that, I would uh, be very privileged and blessed to have you give the last word um, from your heart that you feel in your heart from Christ as an ambassador of Jesus Christ, as you hold out the word of life. Um, what do you want to tell everybody? 
if, like if, if I mean, it could be with somebody's listening that it could be their last day. Yeah. I want everyone to realize just how close we are to Jesus returning. I know those of you who are on my channel, you hear me say this all the time. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I, I'm not ashamed to say that I am obsessed with the coming of the Lord Jesus because all these things we see happening around us, the chaos, the death, you know, all the things that we see going on around the world, the fall of nations, it's only going to come before the coming of the Lord. These things have to happen until before the Lord comes. In order for him to come, horrible things are going to happen on this earth. But those who live by faith, those who trust in Jesus Christ, those who know him, those who seek his face daily, we will be protected. We're going to, you know, we're going to see things happen, worse things than what we've seen with the coronavirus. But those who live by faith and know Jesus, we're going to be okay. We're going to be protected. So I want to encourage you all, whoever's listening to this video, to seek the Lord and don't stop seeking him. Don't stop reading his word. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, seeking out fellowship every now and then brothers and sisters in the Lord. There's nothing wrong with that. I hope we didn't, you know, tell people or give people the idea that we're, you know, downing people for seeking fellowship. But first and foremost, you have to know him for yourself. And that's what we want to encourage you to do today. Seek the Lord for yourself. Get alone with him in prayer and get to know him. That's perfect. Well, Jasmine, how can people find you? Um, I'll probably be in your comments, Joni, and I'll probably post this video on my channel too, but it's Sister Jazz, the YouTube channel, Sister Jazz. One's, is it one Z or two Zs? It's one Z, right? What? What is Sister Jazz has one Z. Oh, one Z, yes. <laughs> Sister J-A-Z. <laughs> but like I said, I'll be in your comments just in case anyone wants to go to my channel as well. And you know what I'll do, um, everybody? I will post Jasmine's YouTube channel link in the description box below. Yes. That way they can sit right over there and subscribe to you. And I and I just want to say this last thing, everybody, um, subscribe to Jasmine because I mean she's I mean it doesn't matter what age we are, she's a bit younger than me, but I get fed from Jasmine. She hears from the Lord, and I mean she puts off her own sweet perfume for Christ, you know. I mean, she's she's amazing. It's a pleasure. Hey, Joni, you said I'm I'm young. I feel old today. I turned 30. Oh, that's <laughs> I right. turned 30 today. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I remember you telling me today. That's okay. Birthday. Yes, thank well, you. I still feel young though. <laughs> good for you. Good. Praise the Lord. I still feel pretty young myself, although I yes. guess I have a little bit of creaks and <laughs> no one would even guess your age, Joni. No one would even guess how old you are. Because you have <laughs> the joy of the Lord, and that's that's priceless. why. That's, That's right. <laughs> right. Amen. All right. Well, Jasmine, we're going to have to have you on again, the Lord willing, because yes. we don't know what's going on. Yeah. But thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and blessing me and blessing everybody and sharing the things that are on your heart and your notes and your heart and your love for Christ is so just it, it just emanates from you. And, and people love that. I love that about you. And I just want to tell you how much I love you and thank you so much.
Thank you, Joey. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful. You have a very happy birthday today. I know your family must have something planned for you. So um, you have a beautiful day and we will talk later. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Love you, Joni. Bye. Love you too. Bye.